0: January 31st, 2024, we're continuing in Moray Nebuchim, if you recall, we're in Hele Gimal, Perik Nun Aleph, we already discussed this perik twice, and made our way up to where it says here on page 659, the word He'ara, He'ara means a note. Um, Harambam, if you recall, over the course of this perik, had done and described things that were somewhat surprising each for a different reason. The pedic began, the chapter began with that well-known parable, the seven groups, the individuals who were uh, everyone from outside of the city to inside the room together with, so to speak, the king, and the description of this hierarchy of those who perceive and understand God best and those who are most distant from it, and a lot of jarring descriptions to the extent that we didn't even really spend time on the reactions of some of the traditional rabbis and scholars over the course of time to the extent that there are not just one there are many who claim question is to what extent they actually mean this this peric because of that parable must be forged it can't be that haram bam wrote that that those who made it into the inner chamber are the ones who understand metaphysics able to understand the word world best and those who are just religious in the sense of they practice and they just have the traditional religion are not there can't be that our Maimonides Hadun wrote that. Okay, but that was the initial conversation. Right, his, his A tradition ultimate, I but his
1: ultimate event,
0: understood. I I, I, I very much associate with what you're saying, you know, but a very traditional-minded individual couldn't understand and couldn't accept it to the extent that, you're right, A B, my response would be, well, then he couldn't have written the entirety of Morey right? <laughs> um, the uh, latter half of what we discussed was uh, what we discussed in the last class, and that was how Harambam went on to describe, in a somewhat surprising fashion, this almost ecstatic relationship um, with God, this uh, constant... Uh, thought of him and feeling. He spoke about Ahadah, which he meant to a certain extent emotionally, and not only an intellectual understanding, apprehension, or perception of God, but more than that, he described in this Patek, a feeling, and experience of Shiviti Adonai L'Negdi Tamid, which he describes Moshe Rabbeinu excelling at and describing in turn that being our mission, to the extent that, and that's what we spend some time on, he spoke about being mitboded, boded briefly, uh, secluding or uh, separating yourself from others. His son, Rabbeinu Avraham, if you recall, we read a lot of his takeoff from the words of Harambam, began, for all intents and purposes, a uh, movement, a 200-year-plus movement of people who practiced this sort of Judaism where there was a highly meditative fashion of separating yourself in order to feel and experience that bond and communion with God. Concepts and ideas we weren't expecting after having spent some time, some year and a half time, in Moreh Nebuchim, but these are the concluding chapters of Bam's uh, uh, work. This he'ara, at the conclusion of this perik, brings us in a few more surprising directions. It's very much along the same path of, well, thought and perfecting your understanding of the world is certainly the precursor to all this, but where does that then get you? So again, Harambam's descriptions were, that then gets you to this fantastic ecstatic state of communion with God. That's what we described. He continues this, what? He'ara, right in the middle of the page. We finished everything until there. Kevar Hivharnu. We already uh, made clear to you. I'm sorry, we're at, um, on the first, uh, the larger book, all right. Uh, we described that this mind of ours, um, which God uh, flowed to us, is the way in which we connect to him. In turn, the decision is yours. The choice is yours and what will sound a lot like a traditional Musar book has begun. Because Harambam's even speaking almost, uh, you know, it sounds like a TED talk or a TED talk already. He says, the choice is yours. You want to you want to strengthen that bond to god you can go and do so you want to weaken it and bring yourself to the brink of loss in this relationship you can do so as well even this type of talk at least to my mind is not really the way we've read and we've seen his words articulated so far how would you strengthen this connection to god again what we'd imagine he's going to say is Well, uh, by uh, perfecting your understanding of the world around you, by uh, understanding every word in the Torah. Something along those lines. You want to deepen, you want to strengthen, you want to literally thicken that bond, uh, says Bam, it's going to be through working on that Ahava, on that constant mindfulness of God. This
1: is... Assuming that you've
0: already that back. very much clear um says elliot you've already gotten into the inner chamber you want to stay in the inner chamber right now this panic very clearly is you did everything until now and now what this is the elite of the elite and to the extent it, it and as a result, maybe you know he'll even when he gets really deep in this, he'll say I can't even bring you to that. When he starts describing Avraham, Yaakov, and Moshe, he says I can't really bring you. But the whole period to a certain extent is very lofty, high thought. But he ends the book, uh, whereas the rest of the book was elitist and you know, insp- uh, a, a, a vision of where I, I want to be. This is really, I mean, this this is very much so. Yes, you worked your way in there, and now how are you in that inner chamber? It's with. <laughs> How are you going to lose or to weaken that bond? It's by thinking about other things. What do you mean other things? Other than God? He says even if you're a person who really knows his metaphysics, who's really found an understanding to the inner workings of this universe, you really got to the core of you know what human understanding can bring yourself in this time and age too. Even though you got there, and again, until Perek Nun Aleph of Hailakima, we said oh, you made it. So even if you made it there, if you then spend time eating in a necessary way, working in a necessary way, you then have already severed or begun to sever that connection between yourself and God. As in ata you're no longer with Him. But what do you mean? I understand things. What do you mean? I spend so much time refining my thought. No, no, but you've you've now disconnected because you're not thinking about him. <laughs> because effectively and actively, you have. Uh, separated yourself from therefore the, uh, the lofty ones, the high individuals, the leaders in terms of uh, character and connectedness they would make certain to work very little that's, that's what he says, they would make certain that their time was dedicated to constant contemplation with and of God now, I'll, I'll, I'll return to this point again in a later description, and we already made this point. I want to repeat again what Bam does not say. Elliot, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to repeat it again because it's very clear he's not saying this. He's not saying, and he won't say this, that your ideal is, through your work, find that as a mode and method to connection. That at no point will be his description. His description is: if you want to really do this with the minimal work that you're doing, distract your mind and think about God, not on the work. There is no such concept in this perek or in the more of uh, I don't know a thorough type of I, I work really hard. I am uh, I, I've built a wholesome life and I find the connectedness to the divine through that. No such thing for harambam. You already see it over here. He says, "What do the me'olim do?" So if we were going to, if you recall, remember I did this in Rabbi Avraham last uh, last time. Rabin Avraham talked about Hanoch. Remember the Hanoch, the biblical Hanoch. What was so great about him? Said Rabin Avraham, he elevated himself to God. He ran away from this. He, he was out of this world. Uh, say the uh, Kabbalists, basing from the Mid- themselves on the midrash, he sewed shoes and found God through the sewing of shoes. The harambam, Rabbi. Avraham vision is that's not how you connect. That's a distraction. You can get past that distraction, great. But there's nothing fulfilling in your relationship with God in anything that's done in this sw- way. Again, nothing that takes us by surprise after learning the More. I mean, we know that from Perek Aleph, Perek Bit already. We know an achievement of Emet and it takes place in. In it doesn't take place in this world you're not achieving in their mind that ideal state unless you're at the top of the mountain with Moshe Rabbeinu, away from people right absolutely so for Harambam it's lofty like Moshe and Har Sinai for the uh, Jewish mystics it's lofty because he fulfilled himself in this world he kind of finished his mission that's how they do it Again, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. So in terms of Peshat, you might say Haram Bam's closer. But in terms of concept, the, alter, the alternative, and, and, and that was what Elliot called me out on a few weeks ago, says so it doesn't sound like you. It doesn't sound like me. That, that mode of, of my manadina, of Haram Bam thought, to me, and to many, is a difficult concept to wrap your head around. It's a very elitist vision. It's a vision that everything we do is, so to speak, the avad it's nothing we're surprised by he told us curtail your appetite for intimacy with your spouse curtail your appetite for work and for uh, eating and for etc instead of saying refine it turn it into an experience which is fulfilling he has told us time and again we just maybe haven't paid enough attention to it get away from it to the extent that he says over here the best people were the ascetics remember he told us that his his son rabbi Avraham said "Uh, why did the forefathers why were they shepherds I might say to you, through shepherding, they connected to God. What did Abin Avraham say? To get away from people, it was the easiest job they could do to not be around people, so they could do very little and just focus on God. That's the vision that he's he's going to repeat to us over here. He writes it here. <laughs> Kil midatchem. His reading of this Gemara and Masechet Shabbat, as the footnote points out, is a unique one. But he reads the rabbis as saying, "Don't take God, uh, or don't make him absent from your mind." and so too the pasuk says in Tehilim, "Shiviti Adonai lenekditamid ki kimimini bal emot hu omer ani lo rokanti." David is saying, I have not at any point emptied my thought, my mind from thought and connectedness to God, and that is, Stop, baby. It's like my right hand, which is in its quick, and, and swift activities is a constant mindfulness of mind. Therefore, the end of the pasuk, I won't fall because I'm in Harambam is already planting that in our mind for what he's going to address later. Let's just call attention to that at this point already because it's introducing in a very silent veiled fashion what he wants to get to in this. He quoted a pasuk from Tehillim, and he says, you see, David's making this point. What's his point? That you should always be mindful of God. But he doesn't just say that. He reads the end of the pasuk, Bal-emot, what do those words mean? He, didn't, he could have just quoted half the way. He could have said, Shividi Hashem Period. period. That's even the way I quoted it earlier. What's that? I said, just, I said, ab behave yourself. But the end of the pasuk, Bal-emot, he tells, therefore, I won't fall. That's an interesting statement. Therefore, I won't fall. We've been discussing, and for good reason, relationship with God, mind, emotions, etc. Therefore, I won't fall. What do those words mean? Spiritually, I won't fall? Physically, I won't fall? What does it mean? I got it, I got it. Da, okay, so let's. we'll return to that point. He himself, without saying he's returning to that will. Da, shil now, uh, the first of, again, I want to return to that point, as Haram Bam will, but uh, for a moment or two, I want to focus on his next two paragraphs. He now says, Haram Bam, let me tell you what you do, what you're supposed to be doing when you perform mitzvot. Pause for a second. We didn't, in these classes, actually focus on most of Hailek where he talks about ta'ameha mitzvot, we a little bit, we did a little bit here and there, but let's for a moment just review, you know, some of the things that have come up here and there. Basar Bahalav came up either in this class or in another class at some point. What's the reason for Arambam? To distance us from Avodazara. Much, if not all, of Avodata Korbanot to distance ourselves from idolatry. Many of the are to distance ourselves from idolatry. Others have different functions. Some are societal functions to bring us together as nations, some are Character development, and so on and so forth. They all, by and large, are rationally explained self developmental or nationally developmental uh, approaches to life. That's the purpose of mitzvot. Can we uh, suggest that? I believe it. Which means to say, Uh, in in a nutshell. If I were to uh, go ahead and uh, slaughter the uh, animal in a time when idolatry and pagan practice is rampant, and just by doing it and doing it in a contrary way to the way that they do it, or doing it and channeling it to God, that in and of itself was a significant action. That. What he told us throughout the book, that's the purpose of mitzvot. If I'm performing these mitzvot, and by so doing, building our community stronger, I am effectively performing the mitzvot the way I'm supposed to be. His next paragraph, ironically then, will bring us in a little bit of a different direction. Because if you asked me, if you asked him, it seems to me, until now he says, perform the mitzvot, Know why you're doing it, but understand the function of the mitzvot is to build something, is to bring forth a something. Says Harambam, there's an inherent nature to mitzvot. Not in the Kabbalistic mystical sense of you're perfecting worlds. That's not what he'll say, but he does say, you might guess it already, mitzvot are purposed for constant thought of God. That's what he's about to tell us. He had no point told us this in the book. He, as a matter of fact, the examples he's going to bring in a moment—prayer, Torah—he even talked about those. That's on this other page in HaLeKimon Perik and gave us a different reason for them, or a different blatant reason. Over here, all of a sudden, Harambam took us, again, to that next level. He's now, he's now leveling within performance of mitzvot and life as a Jew or life as a member of Am Yisrael. Uh, when you got to this point, here's what you're striving to. And in turn, says Harambam, strive for this from now. In short, and I'll repeat to you what I said when we started Perek Nun Aleph, this chapter is the chapter for anyone who feels nervous about Morin vuchim because it feels too intellectual, because it appears too anti-traditional. You read this, Patek and everything feels much better. You read this Perik, and as I said, the rabbis who, and individuals who came to collect Sedakah from Israel years ago, when I was teaching Morei Nebuchim, would sit down and say, "Ani and I would, I, I promise you, invariably, and it's probably on recording, because I, I would say, I would say, because this is the Perik. this is the traditional Perik. you read this and I'm, okay, and he was, he was just a regular Jewish thinker. Again, this thought, what separates this thought from everything else in the mores, this thought is for the elitists. You've done everything else. All right, now start focusing on the constant thought of God through mitzvot. Now find in mitzvot that quote-unquote traditional connection to God. You can't get there any other way. If you try to do it without the proper understanding of mitzvot until now, the analysis of the world, the perfection of your intellect, you're fake and achieving nothing. Nothing. You're just playing this game in, in which it appears as if you're connecting You're connecting to nothing. You don't understand what you're connecting to. Oh, but here it is. All the actions of of worship of God. For example, Torah, uh, the reading or study of Torah. Hatifilah, prayer. ara mitzvot, and uh, pretty much the uh, rest of the uh, mitzvot. What's that? Six, eleven. And Tell you their purpose. It's so that you get accustomed to following his command. What? You, you just spent a whole, a whole helik of Morena more Bukhim more telling me the purpose of all these mitzvahs. No, it's really just, you want to know what fundamentally it is, just so you listen to his So that you're not distracted by this world. What? I, again, I, I'm telling you how we need to read this. We read this as the uh, next stage, whereas most others would say, oh, this is absolutely right. This is your Ikar thought. Bab says, you got to this I'll start thinking like this but everything I t- told you until now is really the prerequisite yeah. to this um, everything I told you until now is if you're still worshipping you're, you're not thinking about God if you're not doing the mitzvot and, 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 and performing them in a way in which they're bringing you to proper thought then you're not thinking about him as opposed to another when you pray you move your lips and you're looking at the wall you're looking at the wall It's really a Musar book right now. This really this could be you know this 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 is for the masses. He says when you're when you're praying and you're thinking about your business and you're reading and learning Torah when you're thinking about how am I going to build my home without thinking about and focusing on what you're reading and so too anytime you perform mitzvah you perform it with your limbs and you perform the mitzvah as if you're chopping wood in the in on on the field, or uh, to to, to burn, or you're you're, uh, digging holes uh, out in your backyard. Uh, You're not thinking about the fact that it came forth from God, and not what its purpose is. Realize you haven't arrived at the purpose. You at that point are like an individual. You're close in their mouths, but you're far from their actual uh, innards. You're not actually a part of them. Again, I just mentioned this, and you could take a quick look at here on this, this page. Um, this page gives you from. Uh, earlier in in in, in this uh, in Hilakim, this is Hilakimal Perik Lamed on page 550 over here. It's when the is grouping the mitzvot. Look at the top of this page. It says Kolelet Et Yeta avudaha ma'asiot It says this uh, ninth group. I will include many of the other actions. Well, that's what we're talking about. Kiri is going to refer to in the next paragraph. All the other mitzvot that are in the book of Ahava in his Mishneh Torah, except for Milak, talked about it separately. What's the purpose of this group? Pause for a second. What we just read. I'll tell you what the purpose of this group is. Purpose is constant thought of God. Purpose is so I'm focused on my relationship. Now, these mitzvot bring you to uh, perfecting your thought of who God is, of what, uh, of, of, what of, of what, of what, of what's really going on. I, again, so I prayed and I, uh, I focused on the words. And I, in turn, internalized them. Uh, This Perik, uh, Perik Lamed says, you did prayer right. I uh, studied the Torah. I focused on every single one of the words. I understood what they meant. And I, in turn, understand the world and my life on a deeper level. You fulfilled that. That's a check what we're learning today is say, well, you're, you're, you're far from the tachlit. the tachlit is baseline baseline is uh, perfect your thoughts, that's That's everything I've talked about in the more until now and now you've gotten there let's talk about the real uh, challenge and he'll finish his book talking about the real challenges, real challenges let's climb further, let's get to almost uh, basically, so let's get to Nivua. let's get to a state of this ecstatic connectedness to God far from again what we maybe imagined Harambam was bringing us to throughout this book one last time lest you believe that he doesn't really mean this lest you say that he's saying this tongue-in-cheek it's not a proof but it's pretty good the fact that his son, Rabbeinu Avraham, we discussed this last time, A, writes all this explicitly, talks about Rabbi Shimon bar Yohai in a cave as being his ideal individual, B, set forth a motion and a movement which lasted many generations, is a clear indicator that maybe he took his father to a new level, not maybe, certainly, but his father certainly is seeking and searching that we not leave it at proper understanding we then climb to almost a uh, individually ghettoized life where I'm away from the regular people and I've distanced myself from uh, active engagement as much as I can. That's where Halambam ironically and surprisingly brought us to. I'll repeat one more time as well the conversation I had when applying for a job once in which I was told you should understand that our approach in our synagogue is a Maimonidean one. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? They said, well, it's an active engagement in this world. I had to bite my tongue at the time. It's true. That's the way people describe Bam. He is the paradigm. He was a doctor. He's an individual who did engage in this world. But, and again, I'm okay that they said it. I didn't say anything to them. But if you really know where he wants us to get, ironically, that's, ironically, the Jewish mystics are looking for you to be engaged in this world and finding sanctity in it. Harambam is saying, oh, get yourself away from this world. This, this world's a, uh, it's all a challenge. What were you doing? What was I doing?
1: No, what, you do, what is that individual doing once they separate themselves?
0: For Harambam, they are constantly thinking about God. What does that even mean? Uh, Hard for me to tell you, I haven't been there, but I'm I'm, I'm trying. Um, It is uh, something along the line of of prophetic inspiration on a constant basis. A person just sitting on an island by himself. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Meditating. Uh, Meditating. Again, they're going to, I'm sure, they're going to have to continue to brush up on their knowledge. They're going to need to continuously refine their thought and understanding. But yeah, the best moments of their life are going to be spent... You know, with their eyes closed and their oh, the best and their fingers back. pressed they're one they're against the other. Themselves. Yes, yes. Is their best yeah, those Can are their best moments. Them? That's it.
1: Well, that, that's life.
0: That is for Harambam. That is where you want if to you be.
1: Why, why is that
0: the ultimate goal? You're down he your says... Right. I mean, what he described to us is that that is avodah. Those were his words. That's what he said. He said avoda means absolute worship. Absolute worship means full communion. That's why he described at the beginning of the Patek. He talked about avodah. That's our
1: understanding of avodah in the Ghan.
0: Yes, absolutely. Eliot, again, reminds us that's the way this book started. This book started in Gan Eden. And this book started in the idyllic, for him, idyllic paradise. It was for him. Many others will argue against that. There was a necessary fall we needed to get out of there. Human beings can't live there. We're spending our whole life dreaming of being there and searching and seeking that. What were they doing there? I don't know. What does that mean? They didn't have much to do. They weren't working the land.
1: ...writing this whole book, not for masses. In the introduction, very
0: clear... Absolutely.
1: ...writing it to address a certain personality that's, seems to be in search of... The- w-
0: which, by the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, makes makes us take pause and pay attention to the fact that his son, I don't know, full masses, but did spread this, which is a fascinating thing, yeah. But
1: the, the, the one one to ask the question is what, whether or not... Are we trying to achieve, once that person achieves that level, what then does that person do?
0: Hanoch, Hanoch, they're done. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He will later in this period I don't know that we're gonna read it together right now. He will later in this parak describe not that because they just got there, but he will describe the death of, you know, the Mitat Nishika the rabbis talk about, that kiss of death, even appeals to the Pasuki and Shira Shirim, Nishikot Piu. He's that's an ideal death. What do you mean that's an ideal death? That was a death of connectedness with God. They're done. Game over.
1: Well, if one were to argue or one would propose that Nivuah is, is, a, is, a, is an ultimate achievement from these perfections,
0: okay? Yeah, I think I know where you're going I'm with just
1: this. To know or not
0: it's no not, it's, to not it. it's not the Nivuah of Yeshayahu and Yahizke'el. It's not the Nivuah of leadership that is his ideal. That's my question. <laughs>
1: once I once you achieve a level It's the Moshe. It. I Moshe. It. That, that's
0: that's it's the, the, Moshe, the Moshe at Har Sinai. It's the Moshiach HaSinah. But But then there's
1: a purpose to it. The purpose is ultimately to direct it downward or outward Mm
0: -hmm. to others.
1: It's the Sulam.
0: Right. Which was, I'm going to bring you back to our conversation when he talked about the Sulam. Right? The Sulam, remember the Sulam? The Sulam of Yaakov was up and down. It was fundamentally up, but then down. Why? To teach others. So you're right. It was to teach others, but it was ultimately speaking to teach others too get them up there. Okay. No, to really get them up well, there.
1: To see a bigger perspective.
0: But, but to abscond. To, he, to, to elevate themselves out of this world, right? I don't want
1: to sound impatient, but this whole epilogue or whatever we're going through here. Is, does he get there? He, are we just stuck in this like Twilight zone here, where you're just thinking about God, oh, oh, actually doing something once you figure that out.
0: No, he. he I mean, right. So the next two pirakim we'll have to analyze and understand properly. Hopefully, we'll do it right after this. If not, we'll do it after doing something else he will then go into tzedakah mishpat ironically ironically he goes back to what he didn't in highlight <laughs> halakhah was each of these chapters focusing on words in the torah he concludes the book that way as well which is surprising he concludes it that way because he quoted a pasuk by avraham Avinu, ma saved banavet right so we'll have to read those perakim carefully to find out well what is that and and in turn is this answering your question. so with
1: happens after this absolutely absolutely and
0: remembering that the sulam comes down as well understood i'm agreeing with you I do want to, nonetheless, overemphasize the fact that he really wants us going up there. That's all. That's why I just, I'm, I'm going to repeatedly mention that, nonetheless, because that's a forgotten fact about Harambam. In this next paragraph, we'll read it somewhat quickly. Um, he goes further on these points, and he almost talks about like a lifni mishurat type of perspective. He will mention how Kiryat uh, Shema, the Gemara says, the halacha dictates you only need quote unquote kavana, defined accordingly. Not now for the first pasuk says Harambam. Heaven forbid, if you're holding where you're supposed to be holding, kavanah for the whole thing. Uh, above and beyond halacha, amida, Shimon, first beracha, says Haram Bam. the whole thing, what are, you, what are you talking about, you're in the inner chamber, don't sever it, achel hadrichacha, el surata I mean it's tirgul, it's an amazing thing, says Haram Bam. now I'm going to train you, I'll train you for how to get here, I mean this is, he writes this just so differently, than everything else, he's not speaking intellectually, he's like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'll bring you through, what to do in prayer, here's what, kadesh tasiga takhlita so that you really arrive at the top of the ladder in Gan Eden okay so you know we should put this line out and say who wrote it empty your mind of everything when you say Kiryat Shema you know like you know who's that going to be some sort of uh, 21st century hipster Judaism uh, some sort of alternative approach to uh, Judaism empty your mind before saying it's Haram Bamzor empty your mind of all before you say Kiryat he's he's bringing you into meditation to a certain extent Ka'ashe excuse me Al tistapek bechavana bekriyat Shema bakpasuk Rishon secondly don't just suffice with thinking carefully and properly about the first First verse of Kiryashima, um yeah shona and Amidah in the first of Amidah, which technically speaking in each of those situations is sufficient according to Allah, Shanim, as you got into this. You're mindful in Kriyat Shema. Your Amidah is filled with intent. Remember, I'm bringing, you, I'm giving you full uh, program up ahead. Next stage is all right. You got the Shema. You got the Amidah. Anytime you read Torah, anytime you hear the Torah, make certain you are fully intentful. You are paying attention to every word. You are connected to the text. When you've pulled that off, next stage. Make certain then, when you get into the words of the prophets, that your mind is as well clear, clean of this worldly matters. Next, every time you make a beracha of a ha, pay attention. That's when you made it here. I mean, it's it, it, it almost sounds, and had you read the more until now, you would have said, really? Pedantic. Side matters. I'm thinking about ma'aseh bereshit, merkava. I'm thinking about creation, about science, about the way the world works. And now you're telling me when I make blessings to be intentful, says Bam. when you pulled all that off, oh, then you can get to doing this properly. It's an irony, because everyone will said Just start with this. You're going to start with this? You don't understand anything. When you actually understand it, you'll do this right. you got there and your involvement is clean, clear, focused. Then, why don't you pay attention to the things you need to do? I like one line here When you need to focus on like this world stuff when you need to eat or drink okay so then you take your mind off of God for a little he, the that... yeah, he has, he has the first, a great one the first, uh, uh, you, know, that, you know you just think about your life okay, so that really this
1: is just the Few individuals. This is really. This is the
0: elite of the elite. Yeah,
1: this ain't.
0: This is not. Yeah. Is three people, I, know, I, I. I. Because I. W- well, a well understood. Change. Yeah, I, and I, ironically, I'm, I'm with you. Um, but it, ironically, he'll only tell us that the Moshe Avraham, he says that, that I can't really drive. I, I can't even give you a program to get there. He has that, well, we'll see what he has them doing in a moment. But I, I just want to mention, when do you think about this worldly stuff? When you eat or drink, or when you're in the bathroom, then you have to think about how to make money when you're in the bathroom, when you're eating or drink. I love that line. When you're talking with your wife, that's when you can think about your business and things of that sort Or playing with your children, you have to deal with them. That's when you can deal with them. this world. Right? Haam. This is a rabbi and leader saying, when you speak to the masses, that's when you can think about like this worldly stuff. I gave you a lot of time. Give you a lot of time to think about your property when you speak with your wife, think about how to make money, when you speak with your children, with your congregants. That's it. A about the other things yeah yeah, like, yeah. no that's like, when you worldly think worldly about worldly things. things every other moment should be on god <laughs> that's that, that's his words that's what he's saying uh okay and so on and so forth when you're involved in everything else that uh, you should very much be focused on godliness on the divine uh, if you go forward to the uh, next paragraph and we're just going to read this briefly because i really want to get to his the crux of what this uh uh, what you call it? An epilogue is really all about. Aval, but uh, just just because I mentioned it a few times. Sheivatzer in the next paragraph. He says, you want to really be the cream of the crop? Uh, that's too hard. I mean, we'll see him say that story in a moment. But what is that? That's when you're talking to people, when you're speaking with your wife, when you're dealing with your children, and what's your mindset on God as well. That says Haram I'll tell you who got there. Avraham Tchak, and Yaakov, and Moshe Rabbeinu. Again. Not Where, I,
1: don't
0: know, not else. I mean, he then talks about Aharon and Miriam separately, so probably, because they had mitat nishikah, so probably them as well. Uh, he says, but most of the prophets did not. But let me just remind you again, this is what I mentioned at the beginning of the class, the irony, or maybe not our, for me the irony, he doesn't say the cream of the crop got to the point where when they do their this-worldly stuff, the Hillel Hazakin, Someone this morning was asking me about this. It's in Avot Bin There's a well-known story. A Hillel had to use the bathroom. He told the students, I'm about to worship God. Come with me. And so I'm embellishing the story. So they say, okay, great. We're going to see the rabbi worshiping God. And then he brings them to the bathhouse or to the bathroom. And he says, this is my worship of God. I have to clean my body in order to... that is a description, generally speaking, which is inspiring. It says to you, as you do the mundane acts, turn them into sanctity. Define them as something that's filled with meaning. It's not what Harambam is saying. What Harambam is saying is, if you really got here, when you're doing the this-worldly stuff, you're not focused on the this-worldly stuff. You're focused just on God separately. You're not distracted by, quote, the nonsense. Okay, and again, he, he says it, here, he quotes a pasuk from Shir Hashirim, Ani I, might be qua- I might be sleeping, my heart is, uh, is is awake. In other words, even in the sleep, and so on and so forth. Eni Omer says, Harambam al dargazo kulam. I'm very clear, this is not all prophets achieve this. Ela Omar Moshe this is Moshe. What are the proofs this is Moshe? Moshe, what? Went to God, nobody else. Again, it's in his state of separateness. It the is, name does I, it, uh, it, it he it uh, is it a I mean is it a constant? He yeah, but he'll even talk about amod imadi. Is it a constant state of nivoua? It Can't be, it can't be. When you're in the bathroom, you're in nivua, but it's it's in a yeah, yeah maybe maybe it's a low state of nivua. Yeah, I, I I hear you. Uh, he goes further he says in the next line, what's his proof that this was the level of the forefathers because Basuk says why did they get to be known as uh, or why did God uh, why did they have the achievement of God saying that he's their God because they were they were so connected to him on a constant basis. Okay, that's what Arambam has set forth for us. He now takes it to one step further, which he says is a very exciting development. It's an exposure of a secret. If you turn to page 662, the last paragraph, right next to where it says footnote 68 in the text. It's the paragraph that begins with the words nifla." You should know now that we've talked enough about this. I have a beautiful perspective, a, a fantastic one, perhaps, is nifla meod looking into matters. yadon sodot I will now, through this, be able to. Um, uh, uh, reveal hidden secrets of God. We already explained in the chapters earlier in this halak, Perak Yodzain, through maybe Perak Kafkimal, when he talked about Hashkaha. We as a group this round have not yet read those Perakim. That's the divine providence Perakim. Says Harambam, we spoke over there about. The fact, we described over there that commensurate with the person's achievements in terms of their mind that in turn is there, so to speak, or no so to speak divine providence involvement as well as much as you have perfected your mind, naturally or unnaturally, God now is with you in now the things that you will be doing, says Harambad that's his introduction to this we can just read therefore a person whose mind became completed, that he is on a constant basis, so to speak connected to God, he will have that surveillance of God upon him at all times. I want to pause for a moment and just read to you, obviously out of context, but context is not really, in my opinion, so important. Something the, the most famous line that he writes in that context, it's on this page, on page four hundred eighty one, in Perek Yodzain. Now, let me just summarize what we're up to. Uh, aside from all the development and conversation about this new level of connectedness, we're no, la- no longer being more the nevuchim, we're no longer instructing the confused people, we're now being more the maskilim. We're teaching the people who already have that intellect. That's this last three chapters of the book, right? That's where we're in, and that's why mitzvot and tefillah and Torah took on a whole new meaning. Got it. Now he says, I'm bringing you back for a moment to what I told you when we discussed Divine Providence. I told you it has everything to do with your mind's achievements. I want to take a break for a moment and just read what he told us in that context. On the top here of page 481, this is in Hele Gima, Perik a very famous statement of Harambam, Lida'ati. He, in this chapter, and it's worthwhile for us to read it together, brings us through, if I'm not mistaken, four approaches... Um, uh, with regards to divine providence. Uh, everything from one extreme to the other extreme. Everything from the uh, God is involved in the uh, gravity of the apple dropping to the floor to uh, God is uh, not present at all. He, uh, he, he built this and, and absconded. He brings it through it all. And then he writes, According to my mind, I don't know the double wording on that. According to my mind, and based on what I believe, I don't know. These are the words he just told us that he's referring to in our, in our chapter. It's all based on the uh, divine flow uh, to and through your intellect and based on the uh, individual who has achieved and grown their mind and understanding uh, until you or he or her have become a person who's known as a Baal they're enlightened, they are intellectual and as a result revealed to them is what's revealed to any smart person that individual got this uh, this enigmatic, this mysterious what they get? they got the divine providence how so and through what means? through their mind being connected to God now what does that mean? Pause for a second before we read. What does it mean when someone, not today, when Harambam talks about hashkaha, God's with you? What does that mean? If I am on a boat and the boat sinks, will God, because of this, my mind was perfected, save me from that boat because I have hashkaha, to me, hashkaha of God? Harambam explicitly here writes, absolutely not. If a roof falls on people in the home, that's what we call Mikre. That was random. That was happenstance. That just happened to have taken. That wasn't a God decree. If the uh, boat sank, that happened to be. God didn't decree that either. And explains Harambam, Those certainly were random, the fact that you didn't make your way to there. That's because your mind was affected and inspired by God, that you knew better to avoid the sinking ship or the wall which or the ceiling which fell. Haram description of, Harambam's description over here of hashgaha is, in a literal sense, he's describing a person who has achieved a quote-unquote hashgahat midi does not, in a state of danger, have a divine intervention to save him from it. Since he's a smarter, more enlightened individual who sees the writing on the wall, who is able to uh, read the tea leaves, who understands what's coming, he will seemingly naturally, but don't call it naturally, call it divinely through his mind, avoided the circumstance that's the Maimonidean vision as presented over here that's the traditional description of Harambam's understanding of divine providence for individuals who have achieved it most people don't have it it's people who have achieved it yes Amy that is
1: God. God is what it is I believe in God I don't
0: that I, that's an you know interesting that's right. point you're making right now. It's not what he told us here. It might... What, yeah. The, 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 the like, Listen, Harambam, and this I know you've learned, but separately from me, Harambam's vision of, of prophecy, yes. a large part of it, not all of it, a large part of his understanding of prophecy is a naturalizing nature, a naturalizing uh, vision. In other words, I through that perfection of my intellect, can now predict what's to come because, or can understand the happenings in the world around me because I, I'm just in tune with it, right? Just, so it's, what's that?
1: that
0: Yosef uh, included, yeah, yeah. me more. more yeah, yeah. Differently, will more differently,
1: more likely, more be able, or more, have more capability of anticipating.
0: Well said. That's what, AB. that's what he's writing here. No, not that your nature will be different, that your ship will miraculously be saved. You won't be on that ship. You'll, you'll, now, those are his words. It seems quite clearly to me over here. Well said, intuition, good. Now, I'm skipping, and I wish I wasn't, but if you'll, if you'll go ahead with me for just a bit over here to page 664, Haram Babs, Understood. But that's what he's stating. I'm agreeing with you, Sammy. Not simple times. 664. Back in Heleki Perik Nun Aleph. Harambam is bringing us along these lines. Again, he said, I'm going to remind you about Hashkaha, And I'm going to remind you in our context of the person who found himself so connected to God. And now I want you to remember, what did Hashkaha mean? You're so connected to the extent that Something, you're avoiding that, says Harambam. Listen, Bonin, second paragraph over here, next to footnote 84 in the text. shir Shel Pegaim. He's referring to Mizmor Tzadi Aleph in Tehillim. Timsa Oto You'll find in that chapter, chapter 91 of Tehillim, a description of Hashkaha, of this surveillance of God. Hashmirah you'll find God's protection from all danger both those which are humanly brought about, the dangers and the uh, hardships by human beings, as well as the so to speak natural ones. Who Amar? What does the Mitzmor say? And so on and so forth. A description of God. Uh, will be protecting you. God will be, and read literally, God will be moving you away from it. Sorry, just one second, A.B. Binosaf el, after he quotes the Pesukim, el tiur ha-hagana mi adam in addition to your protection from the dangers of people, who amar, listen to the words of Harambam's literal reading of this mizmor. She izdamen lecha la'avor kerav yadayim. If it happens that you're passing through a war zone, when you're on your way, even if a thousand people drop dead on your left and ten thousand on your right, nothing will happen to you. You'll be able to look around and say, those wicked individuals, me, peace, God intervened for me he didn't but he did describe he quotes the pasuk he says you're walking through a war zone in other words in my words you're on the boat which sank you're in the building where the ceiling fell in and you're not dying how are you not dying
1: because you saw three steps ahead
0: yes agreed I don't think it's because you saw it. He says it's the opposite of what he's held. He says people are dropping down on your right, people are dropping down on your left. He doesn't say, but you knew the right way to walk. He says, God protected you from it. Why is he saying the opposite? He says he's going to contradict
1: himself. This
0: is a wonderful question. This is the million dollar question, which... Avi Reri has not discovered. This is the century-old question with regards to Harambam's approach to hashgaha. There are many different approaches. Everything from the extreme of, this is all a lie, he's saying this to appease the religion, uh, religious people, to uh, what he said earlier was just for the intellectuals, and this is for the true individuals, to perhaps something more nuanced. Go ahead. right but I'm what's the purpose myself
1: yeah. deliberately i'm going to hopefully speak, the right people will speak know. a message that yeah. someone
0: will so understand. 100% Sammy, i'm and i'm telling you this, this purposeful contradiction and i'm agreeing and i think everyone will agree the question is what is the message i want to conclude before we before we maybe touch upon the message, I think we need to read more of Perak Yodzain to get the fuller picture in terms of Hashgaha in order to, to maybe take a step forward on this. But I want to just tell you what he then brings us to. Just, I can even just briefly summarize what he tells us. He now says, I solved the mystery, says hanum What mystery did you solve? He says, the philosophical conundrum. What is that? Everybody knows the issue of, uh, tzadik, he doesn't use these words, rasha v'toblo. Everybody wonders, how could it be that a person suffers or dies even though they're a righteous individual, says Harambam. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the only individuals who get this sort of hashkaha are the individuals who are constantly connected. How many people do you think are constantly connected? Oh, I told you, Avraham, it's Ha, Yaakov, Moshe, Miriam, and Aharon, that's it. They died mitat neshika, says Haram Bam. I hate to say it to you, but everyone else, even the righteous and good individuals, they had moments where they used the bathroom, they had situations where they ate and they took their mind off of God. It's in those situations. Yes. It's basically nobody who has a constant hashkaha no, no. in those words. That's correct. So that's his point. 100%. Nobody has that constant hashkaha in that respect. 100%. I do want to remind us all, this didn't answer our contradiction. This just filled out his whole picture. Again, uh, to piece everything together, and then to just mention one of the uh, several of other approaches with regards to Hanambam's words over here, uh, I just uh, quickly again. This perek nun alif, which we've dis- discussed and developed, which has brought brought us from everything from uh, those who are uh, traditional minded getting uh, turned off to it from the beginning words with the palace analogy and suggesting that it's a forgery to those who read the next part and say this is too traditional it can't be that he wrote this right? that's the irony of this pedic by the way you really have the opposite extremes you start it and the traditionalist looks at it and says I can't believe he just wrote that you finish it and every, and the, the non-traditionalist says what happened to my whole beautiful book until now but Harambam has set forth for us a more for the masculine he has told us the direction for those who have gotten to that level of intellectual perfection or close to it and he's now told us next stage next stage is constant connectedness his final description of constant connectedness again this is just for giving you the picture of the peric is to tell you that that in his mind the secret that he uh, revealed and he uh, he was able to uncover the mystery that he that he solved is that explains the high issue he says the philosophers have questioned how is God involved I told you God's involved through your intellect then how come people die when they're really smart connected individuals the answer is because nobody is constantly connected if nobody's constantly connected everyone will at some point or many points falter fall in all sorts of ways he however and this was somewhat parenthetical but significant seemed to contradict himself in the specific way that he articulated Hashkaha, which is significant, not for the development per se, although I'll suggest in a moment it is, of this chapter. But in the larger larger scheme of things, Hashkaha, what does it mean? When we have people throwing around the term on a constant basis, God's divine providence, what does it mean? He brought us from one extreme to the other. In between, some what seventeen to fifty-one is what uh, thirty-four chapters. He went from one extreme to the other. How do we resolve this again? A deliberate, I'm certain, contradiction. Uh, how do we resolve it? Either uh, one of, or the two, or the other, is the true one. Alternatively, let me remind you what we've been developing and discussing until now. And I can't fully explain what I'm going to say, but I do believe this is the direction of it. This chapter is separate individuals. This chapter is a different hashgaha. This is the hashgaha of... I can't explain it, but Moshe, Aharon, Avraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, and Miriam. This is the Hashkachav, the person who is, so to speak, on Sinai, connected to God in the ecstatic, emotional sense. There, and only there, and I know, it's still hard to wrap our head around from everything we know in the Moreh, in terms of God's involvement in the world, and so forth, but for that individual, when he's walking through the war, the bullet which is coming at him is being averted away. That individual, and only that individual. In other words, the contradiction here, is not per se a contradiction because he might be and he has been in this chapter focused on the masculine. He's not on the Nebuchim He's not on the confused individuals, he's on those who have achieved it. No, Abi, why not? It's an interesting point. You know, you know what I was thinking by the way? Yeah. So
1: the angle is happening mm-hmm. below
0: him, so. Right. Now, I was thinking it's separately. He doesn't say it here. This, this time reading this chapter, I was thinking, I wonder if I thought this in the past, I was thinking he does talk about the mitat nishikah in each of them and so to speak how they did keep that throughout. Har- Harambam separately, it's not about his death per se, but it's about him being barred from entrance into, uh, to Erez Israel is because of ha-morim, because of his anger. That's how Haram takes. I wonder if the anger though is, and he says this, brings you to il, the anger is his moment where Split where he takes oh, right. his mind. In other words, it's not per se the emotion of anger. It's that anger takes his mind off of Perik Nun Aleph right? Uh, that's that's what I thought about. It. I Four, do want to. No. What's that? Four, no. Okay, but it's a Could but but it's low. but it's a shoot for the stars, yeah, shoot for the moon because maybe you'll get the stars. You know that's. Because you believe that his words over here are purposed for or, or are telling. I believe
1: it's the same thing.
0: It's the same thing. On if which extreme? In good
1: Zion, he's talking about you won't get on that boat because you see there's a hole in it.
0: And over here? He and says here. you're walking through the war zone yes. and everyone's dying around you, but you're not because?
1: Because you see that the enemy has a blind spot there and a blind spot there and over here is...
0: is Interesting. Fine. So you would be on that ship as well and you would be saved because you would know the right way to do it. That's you would know talking. where
1: to stand on the ship that was supposed to the rescue boat.
0: It's possible. It's possible. So I,
1: I don't see the contradiction.
0: It's possible. I just yeah, don't think it's... It's, it's oh not the way...
1: God's will... In
0: this He's quoting the Mizmor and which again you might say is a parable or something of that sort. And so on and so forth. It's very much God saving you. It sounds like. Again, maybe it's God in terms of the intellect. Might be. His explanation the, I, I will just, I'll conclude, he, he, he doesn't right. mention it in there, you're right, you are right, you're right, he does not invoke it in that context, and and I did, because it seems the way he's going, but you're right, he doesn't explicitly say so, I'll just conclude and tell you as well, it's just, again, just with regards to that contradiction, the general consensus, to best of my knowledge, in the last Uh, several decades, is that um, Harambam's uh, perspective over here uh, doesn't per se contradict that. It's a hard sell in my opinion, but I need to review it inside. Uh, Many philosophers who read Harambam and, and deal with this contradiction suggest the following. They suggest the way you resolve this is like this. is that Harambam is saying over here, yeah, his words are, you won't die. And over there are, well, if you were on the ship, you would have died. if you died on the ship... Well, that was a moment, that was the Hanukkah. that was the connectedness to God. That was a moment in which you achieved the absolute connectedness to God. That was the right moment for you. You didn't lose track of God. You were in the moment of connectedness to God, for it was your moment to go. It's a difficult tell as well, in my opinion, just from reading it over here. I'd have to review how they articulate and stay it, but... Just in terms of our broader important segue on that point, and maybe to bring us to Hailekim al Perik Yodzain, in terms of our broader perspective of Hailegim al-Perik Nun Aleph, again, just to summarize it, Harambam has in this chapter brought us to the place that we weren't per se expecting, but he very clearly envisions this as the almost, if not entirely, impossible achievement of very few if. Uh, that many individuals in our history and future of existence. It's the state of Gan Eden uh, Eliyachama, it's the state of Moshe at Har Sinai, we'll agree to that. It's the state in Harambam's eyes, by and large, of the Avot. It's the state in which, uh, just to mention that detail as well, in the every moment that you're engaged in something, not that you're finding achievement in that of connectedness to God, it's that you're not being distracted by that and you're continuing the constant connectedness to God. It's this achievement of the elite of the elite, which Harambam's Sun, ironically, then pushes the agenda on others. You wanna get there? certainly work on your intellect and he doesn't deny that but let's now separate ourselves from the masses let's now run out to the deserts let's now have our own uh, ramadan and our own jewish uh, uh, running away from communal life it it is his description of the hitbodidut it's his description of a constant kavana it's his description seemingly it appears to me but maybe maybe of the connectedness to god to the extent that He's putting wings on you. He's averting the bullets away from you. For these few individuals, his description seems to be, although again, mine to be disputed, uh, that for them, and specifically for them, well, that's the achievements. That's where they'll get.